right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the exchange. How are y'all doing today? Okay. I see some of the virus has creeped into us. I was like, how are y'all doing? I was like, okay. How are y'all doing today? Obviously, you're healthy. You're here, right? Hopefully. Um, yeah. Hopefully. See, Pastor Jared's a bigger man than me because while he won't make light of a situation, I will definitely make light of a situation. How many of you still have toilet paper? All right. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't, uh, I will give you a complimentary, a complimentary toilet paper. Come by my house. I'll help you out because I stocked up. No, I'm joking. I didn't. I didn't stock up at all. No. In fact, we stocked up right before just the normal stock up, which we hate buying toilet paper. So we always stock up a lot of toilet paper. And uh, my mother-in-law, she came with a big bag of toilet paper out of like a like Santa Claus size bag of toilet paper. She just appeared with it one day. And the next day, everybody was freaking out about toilet paper. So maybe God was communicating something to her saying, go buy it. Go get some toilet paper. It's about to be gone. Okay, so uh, today we are continuing our series of I Am Exchange Church. Uh, last week, Pastor Kevin brought you an awesome message about having a community, needing to be a part of a community, right? And that us as a church, we are a community, okay? All right, one thing, I'm just going to give you all a tip. One thing if y'all talk back to me, if y'all respond to me, I go a lot faster. <clears throat> if you don't respond to me, I'm, I like pander around trying to figure out something that you'll respond to. So I need you guys to respond. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. I'll get y'all out of here before the Baptists. I promise. Okay, so last week, Pastor Kevin talked about community and how important it is for us as a community to come together and to build each other up and to encourage each other. And this week, we are going to kind of continue that a little bit, uh, but we are going to be talking about if we are a community, if that is important to us, and if Christ is important to us and telling people about Christ is important to us, then as a community and as a church, we should know how to party. We should know how to party. Y'all see the balloons up here? Or balloon? You see the balloon up here? And we'll explain the other balloons here in a second, okay? But balloons, man, they are, they, they signify something happy's going on, right? You see balloons and, and you're like, man, this is exciting. I wonder what's gonna happen, right? As soon as you, if your office was filled with balloons, the first thing would, you would have is excitement, right? The second thing would be, how do I get all these balloons out of my office? But the first thing is excitement. <gasps> oh, balloons. And uh, we should know that when we, we should be the balloons in people's lives. We should be the people that when we walk into a door, people get excited. And uh, that's what we should do. People should be attracted to us by how happy, fun, excited, and engaging we are. Now, I know some of the introverts today, y'all just went, nope, not me. 
Not me. But I know a lot of introverts that are a lot of fun to hang out with. I know, I'm not telling you to be outgoing. I'm not saying that as a church, we are called to be outgoing. No, we're called to ha- be the party. We are called that everybody wants to hang out with you. Everyone's to, everybody wants to be with you. And as Christians, we should express our relationships with God through us having a good time. And being known for, and not being known for the humdrum of the group. You know, a, a popular word when I was growing up was buzzkill. Buzzkill, man. You're being a buzzkill. We're, we're hot, flying high, and you're being a buzzkill, right? But a humdrum, the person that drags down the group. But instead, we are called to be encouraging. We're called to be fun. We're called to be happy people that everyone around us wants to go have a good time with. So today, we're, ta- we're saying, we are Exchange Church, and we have come to celebrate right? We have come to celebrate. Now, I know some of y'all, y'all a little weary because of this virus, right? You're like, well, I don't know. I'm going to see how things turn out before I celebrate. But that's not what you're called to do. You're called to celebrate. So every time we come in here and I sing on the microphone, I sometimes don't have good days. Sometimes we've had terrible practice times. Sometimes I'm running late, like today. I was running late today, and it affects my mind. But when it comes time to start worshiping, when it comes time to get going, sometimes you have to encourage yourself and push yourself to celebrate, right? So let's dive in. Acts 3, 1 through 11, and we're going to read this from the TV screen. It's a bunch of verses, so stick with me. I'm not going to make you all stand because I know you're weary from uh, this week, so take, take a load off, and all you people at home, take a load off and just read with, and listen with us. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Okay, so every time that I've read this scripture, I think, look at us, right? (laughs) Because when people ask me for money, most of the time I have no money on me at all. And I'm like, listen, dude, I, there's moths in my wallet You could steal my wallet, and you probably would have had more money before you stole it. Like, that's me. That's how I read this. He says, so the man uh, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. uh, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Uh, Another way that you could say that is that he leapt. He leapt to his feet. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping slash leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, 
they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Do I have one more? There's one more. It says that when, uh, as he's leaning on Peter and John, they, the crowd starts gathering around him, astonished by what has taken place. Okay, so we have this, this lame beggar who's sitting there, who's been carried there all the time, and Peter and John, they're not looking to do a miracle. They're just walking up and they see him, boom. And something amazing happens to him. Why was the man leaning on Peter and Paul after he had just been healed? Why was he leaning? He had been healed from a lifetime of being a lame beggar. And if you have been in bed, let's say that you were in a coma for a year, and you got out of bed, I think that you would probably walk like uh, Bambi did his first times, right? And so you have this guy who has never walked before. He gets up, his legs are probably still super skinny, right? And he gets up, and he's so excited that he starts jumping around. He starts leaping around. And the leaping that I imagine, okay? Stick with me. I know that this is broadcast to everybody, but I'm going to make a fool of myself, right? So the leaping that I imagine in my head is like, right? He doesn't know how to leap. He doesn't know how to jump. So he's like, look at me, you know? He's jumping around. He, he is jumping for the first time. Have you seen a baby jump? Right? They don't know how to jump. They, like, sit down. They, like, move their legs up, and they sit down. They don't know how to jump. He's leaping. He's, he's frolicking. Right? He's frolicking. He's excited. And how many knows that if you did that for the first time, you'd get tired? Right? I got tired just doing that. That's like the hundredth time, at least, right? He, he got tired, and so what does he do? He leans on John and Peter, but does that take away his excitement? Does that take away his celebration? No, because even while he's leaning, crowds are gathering to see him, to see what's going on, right? Let, uh, ooh, that jumping... Uh, put me to sleep apparently okay so he was leaping did did this stop his celebration no not at all we should all be celebrating who we are in Christ every day so that when we come together to this building you are able to celebrate you are able to celebrate when we need, uh, hold on, I lost myself. You are able to celebrate no matter what stage of life you're in. When you come here with other believers, isn't, isn't the time to recharge, even though sometimes it is important for us to recharge here. When we come together, it's supposed to be a celebration. We're not supposed to come in, oh man, I had a really bad week. This is awful. And then we have worship playing, and you're like, still waking up. You know, we get to the second song, and you're like, man, I want some coffee. So you go get some coffee. Get some coffee. Second song is still playing. All right, I got time. 
You sit there. Oh, wait, you have to refill the thing. Okay. So you go refill the thing and get your coffee. Right? So, so that's not... <laughs> That's not what, why we're here, right? We're here to gather together, like Pastor Kevin said, come together as a community and have a party and have fun, right? Yeah, there we go. We got some. I can stop pandering a little bit. It's easy for us to celebrate while leaping, but can we celebrate when we need to lean on other people for support? Can we still celebrate? Can we celebrate when our legs are broken? Can we celebrate during those times? I believe that all depends on what we're filled up with in our lives. So I mentioned the balloons earlier. All right, something interesting about balloons is that balloons are made out of latex, right? And uh, latex is it when the the important thing about latex is that latex forms to whatever is inside of it right and so we're going to think about it today right we're going to think about our lives as a balloon okay as latex now i couldn't good on us as a church i could not find any small rocks to put inside my balloon Found a brick, right? Kind of goes along with the illustration. However, uh, you'll see why uh, it would be more important to be inside the balloon here in a second. Okay, so rocks, right? If we, if we were to think of rocks, right? And uh, what could we put inside of our balloon, right? And we chose rocks to do it. Rocks are hard, right? Rocks uh, can be used to build things. Rocks can be used to be thrown at people, right? Um, rocks, in this illustration, we're going to say rocks are regrets and mistakes. And so if you were to break this up, break this brick up, and put it inside the balloon, and you threw it at somebody, it might be fun for you, right? It might legitimately be fun. But it's not going to be fun for the person that you're throwing at. And sometimes when we fill ourselves with regrets and we hold on to those mistakes, we harden ourselves to people. We harden ourselves to situations. We harden ourselves so much so that we begin to hurt other people because we don't want to be hurt. And so we end up starting casting our balloons at people to keep them back. Keep them far enough away that we won't get hurt ourselves. So that's one. The second one that we're going to talk about is sand. Now, I don't know about you, but for some reason, when you go to try to buy sand, it's really hard to find. So uh, what we did is we put sugar in here. It's about the same consistency. It feels, if you ever put sand or sugar or salt inside of a balloon, it can work as a stress reliever. Yeah. Like Patrice. Ah. Oh, you know, he's angry. Ah, oh, the TPS reports. All right. And so you, they can be a stress reliever. What sand is going to represent today is our thoughts. 
that if we think about things, right? Okay, so if you thought about, hmm, coronavirus is coming. A good thought would be, man, I probably need to get some water, okay, so people buy water. I need to get, get maybe some frozen food because we're not going to lose power. So I'll get some frozen food. I'll get some, some meat and some vegetables. Um, I don't think that you would think, man, I need toilet paper. <laughs> I need to build a toilet paper fort to protect me from coronavirus and my whole family. You just build a fort around my house of toilet paper. You wouldn't think that, right? Sometimes our thoughts can negatively affect us. And what happens is when we're not hearing outside voices, outside encouragement, we can build up our thoughts in our brains, in ourselves. And we can start going down past, ladies, I love you, but you guys are way more effective at that than us guys. Because we have one thought at all times. We have one thing, one thing that we think about, and then we box it up, we put it in a corner, and we think about the next thing. Sometimes we don't even think at all. You might look at us and say, hey, what are you thinking about? And we go, nothing. And you go, you can't be thinking about nothing. And we were literally thinking about nothing. We were just standing there. We weren't even looking. We were just thinking. I could accidentally slip into that right now. I could just be talking about be nothing. But ladies, y'all's thoughts are like electricity, right? They're like, uh, oh, toilet paper. Oh, no, now I need bleach. Now I need socks. Socks. Some of y'all might need to be getting socks because there's no toilet paper. We're going to move on. Anyway, so sand, sand, right? Something, a quality about sand. Oh, sand, I love sand. I don't love sand. I hate sand. And this is why. If this balloon were to pop, there's a reason why we made it small, right? If this was to pop, do you know how annoying this would be to clean up, right? When we have negative thoughts, especially with electricity brains. Negative thoughts can creep in to all kinds of things and can affect how we see things around us, how we take in people who say things to us that might not have been hostile at all, but because we had that thought, because we can't get rid of that thought, that's one of the hardest things. When you have an idea about somebody, I had, I had a person last night. I was hanging out with uh, my Starbucks homies, what, what? And we were talking about something, and one of them invited me to something. And one of them that didn't know me very well was like, oh, no, I'd rather you not. Okay, that's fine. I don't have to go. When I left, that thought popped back up into me. I was like, dude, what? What is going on? And I was telling myself, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But that kept nagging me for a little bit. And I finally was just like, dude, you know what? Forget it. But sometimes our thoughts will nag us, even when we're not even thinking about it. We just took a shower, and somehow there's still sand in my ear, right? Sand can get everywhere. 
The third thing that we're going to talk about that you can put inside of a balloon. Uh-oh, it formed to it. That was dangerous around my laptop. Is we can put water inside of a balloon. Now, water inside of a balloon can be a lot of fun, right? It can be really awesome, and uh, I would I'd love to just toss this over at the youth right now. Man, that would be great. But water balloons, whenever they pop, they pop extremely fast, and they get everywhere, and they're real fluid. The reason why I chose water is because water is very fluid. It fluctuates with where you put it, how you shift it. And water today is going to represent our insecurities. Our insecurities are very fluid, right? I feel confident right now. But if I go back and I watch Facebook, I'm going to go, man, I'm fat. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I feel good now, but something shifts, and I feel bad, right? Our insecurities are so fluid like that. That we can be riding high, we can be awesome, and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens, a mirror walks by us. Oh, God, a mirror. You know, in Master's Commission, Pastor Jared used to call me uh, vain, very vain. And it's because every time I walked past a mirror or a window, I would check myself out. The thing is, is that I was not vain. Well, I was probably vain, but like negatively towards myself, I was very insecure. So every time I walked through a mirror, I was like, you know, even when I looked good, I'd still be like, suck in, look as skinny as possible, right? And that's what our securities do. They start messing with us, right? I'm going to read something that I wrote about security, insecurities. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever thought to yourself, right, what kind of projections that we put on other people because of our own insecurities? What, project, what projecting are you doing to them? Where all of a sudden, a real beautiful person might look fat to you because you are thinking that you're fat. You're thinking that you're ugly about one little thing that no one else notices in the world, but now you notice it on everybody else. Insecurities, when we fill up our lives with insecurities, we become this water, this wave that just fluctuates with any little thing, any little misbalance that happens in our lives. The fourth thing that we're going to talk about is on the ground. Oh, no, it's right here. It's hiding right here. This is carbon dioxide. This is air from my mouth. I blew into it. And these balloons can be really fun for a very short amount of time, right? And this balloon is going to represent our own strength. I blew up this balloon on my own strength. Nothing helped me. Nothing aided in it. I was able to make this balloon round. But I am not able to make this balloon fly unless I throw it with my own strength. But even at that, it only lasts for a short amount of time. If we don't have community around us, if we don't have God within us that we tap into all of the time, that we encourage all of the time, all of our efforts are just going to be momentary. And we might be able to get by. We might be able to push through for a short amount of time. But eventually, we're going to fall. Eventually, we're going to be lame. 
okay? The second thing, I mean, the last thing, well, second to last thing. Let's get my thoughts together. Coronavirus. No. All right. This was a helium balloon. But this helium balloon was blown up quite a long time ago. It was blown up last Sunday. So, what we're going to talk about is every time that we come in here and we get our Jesus for the day and we load up on Jesus and we feel good and we're ready to take the world, but then we pay no mind to Jesus. We pay no mind to what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. We pay no mind to our Christian community to build us up, and we keep doing stuff on our own strength. We start losing. No. (laughs) See, Kevin, that's why we only filled it up that much. I knew something was going to happen. All right, so we... If we only come in once a week and we only fill up on God once a week, we become like this old helium balloon. And that Monday, we start getting a little bit less. Tuesday, we start getting a little bit less. And eventually by Saturday, we're going to get coffee during the second song. Okay? But the last thing that we're going to talk about is the blue balloon. Ooh, ah, I said, yeah, I'll take six balloons, and one of them aired up. Surprise, surprise, I got a different color. It's awesome, isn't it? Helium. So this balloon is filled up with helium, right? And this represents a healthy relationship with God. And that's not just a healthy relationship with God, meaning that we read our Bible, we, we watch podcasts and things like that. But what this is, is this is a well-maintained relationship with our Father, a well-maintained relationship with Jesus Christ, a well-maintained relationship with the people in our lives that can encourage us and build us up whenever we start sinking and we start fading down, that they are breathing God and life back into us and keeping us afloat, and keeping us aware of what's going on. And sometimes that takes you talking to people. Sometimes that takes you telling people what's going on in your life. Ooh, we don't like that. We're introverts, Pastor Jay. I know, but introverts need people too. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs a community around them to build them up. So this, is, this illustration, you'll see why we use these here in a second, right? Uh, if, if the only time we pray is when we need something, then we haven't seen the beauty of God. We haven't seen the beauty of Jesus Christ. Because what we see instead is a genie waiting for us to come along, dust off the lamp, and come out. And we get mad and disappointed and angry when the genie doesn't come out to grant us a wish. We don't think about that a whole lot. We don't think about our prayers a whole lot. We don't think about actually having a relationship with God a whole lot. 
especially on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, when we're just ready to get the week over, right? In order for us to be helium people, we have to know how to celebrate while we're leaning. You have, you have the power to dictate your celebration. You have the power to come in on Sundays, on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, wherever you're at, and dictate your level of celebration. He's already given us everything that we need. He's already given us everything of himself. But sometimes our perspectives are jacked. Sometimes our percep uh, perceptions mess us up. And can, the question is, can we be a people that come into this building to celebrate properly on Sundays because we've learned to celebrate Monday through Saturday regardless of wh whether we're leaping or whether we're leaning? Can we be those people? Can we come in excited, excited about what God's going to do, excited about what we're going to learn, excited about seeing Carlos and, and seeing Dylan and seeing all these people in, in our lives right now, or are we going to show up and we're just going to be like, oh, hey, Carlos, hey, man, how's your day? It's, it's going, all right? That's my favorite saying. Oh, it's a day, right? So we're gonna, I'm going to give you three things. We'll call them the ABCs of celebrating while leaning. A, B, C. It's easy as one, two, three. Come on. A, B, C, baby. Yeah, girl. All right, so A, B, Cs. A, we're going to start out with A. A equals attitude. What did y'all say? Oh, anyway. A equals attitude right? Jesus reigns in our lives only as much as we allow him to. And how we let him rule in our lives is dictated by our attitude. That's great. You are following along. Awesome. Your attitude is the most important thing in your life. It is. Your attitude towards things determines how you think about those things, and how you think about those things determines how you live and believe. Our attitudes dictate our behaviors. It dictates our beliefs. It dictates everything. It dictates how I say dictates. Our attitude is supreme over all of our lives. It's supreme. So if you look at your marriage in a terrible attitude, don't come back 20 years later saying that the devil stole your marriage. The devil didn't steal your marriage. You stole your marriage. Do you, do you remember, guys, do you remember when she consumed everything about you? That you were thinking about her. You were, you were consumed with Trying to act like you were romantic. Trying to come up with, oh man, what did I see in those Disney movies, right? What, did, what, what about those rom-coms? What about those rom-coms that I can, I can do? Is Seattle anywhere close, right? And ladies, do you remember uh, the time it took you to get your outfit just right that if you knew 
he was going to be at a place, or he might be at a place that you were going to be at. You were going to do your hair up. You're going to put on some makeup. Put on, and then the disappointment whenever he never shows up, right? You're like, I got all ready for nothing. And for these jerks trying to hit on me. How disappointing was that? If your marriage is lame, I propose to this. Uh, you might be lame. If your marriage is lame, you might be lame, right? You, you are responsible for your fire burning. You are responsible for that fire in your marriage. Both of you are. You're responsible. You're responsible to build it up. Uh, we can speak life and death over our marriages. If... The, if you're the guy at the marriage, at the wedding ceremony, and you're the guy going, well, it's a funeral today, most likely you don't have a good marriage. And I'm going to say it's probably because of the things that you're saying, right? Marriage isn't tough. There are seasons in marriage that are tough. There are moments in marriage that are tough. But marriage is amazing. Marriage is awesome. You know what I love about being married? Is that Lindsay is trapped with me. <laughs> I'm joking. She, she is awesome. She is way better than me at a lot of things. I pretend to know everything. And pretending, that's what I do. I pretend to know everything. I pulled stuff out of my toilet paper rack and uh, say things that kind of sound correct and always make her feel bad, but she is so much better at a lot of things, uh, way more than I am. If we feel trapped in our marriage, then we need to change our attitude towards our marriage. We need to do things that cause us to change our attitude, change our perspective. The same thing can be said about life. Life is amazing. There are seasons in life that really suck. There are seasons in life that are tough. There are moments in life that are terrible. But life itself is amazing. If you hate your job, if you feel trapped at your job because it has great benefits, because it's awesome for you, but you absolutely hate it, maybe... You need to get a new job, or maybe you need to just change your attitude towards your job and come in maybe a little bit early and, and bring donuts. Maybe come in a little bit early and encourage people and have a great day. Maybe go get your coffee a little bit earlier before you show up to work. Sometimes we need to change our attitude, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us that don't know heaven. So when we walk into work, a party arrives. So when we walk into work, people are excited to be at work because our attitudes have changed. And in turn, their attitudes can change. They can stop feeling like they're stuck at a job. 
Only you have control over your attitude. If Mondays are the worst, then change your attitude towards Mondays. Mondays for me are super uh, productive. That's like my most productive day is Mondays until about 2 o'clock. But Mondays, I'm excited for Mondays. I used to have a boss who he hated Tuesdays, and this was his reasoning. He said, Mondays are productive. He said, Wednesdays, you're halfway there. Thursdays, you're only one day away from Friday. Fridays are the last day, but Tuesdays, nothing's going for Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays are the worst. That's his thinking behind it. Well, change your attitude towards Tuesdays. Tacos Tuesdays. Why aren't you getting Taco Tuesdays in your life? Maybe some of y'all need tacos in your life. Woo! Don't get me started. Gosh. I know a little bit about tacos. What do you think I'm going to go look at Facebook and go, man, I shouldn't have eaten so much tacos. Taco Tuesday. Anyway, okay. The second thing that we're going to talk about is B. B equals be intentional. Did I spell that right? Okay, good. This beggar, right, he'd been carried to this gate uh, every day for maybe his whole life. And TJ, can you pull up that first slide of the uh, scriptures for me? At the beginning of the story, it says this, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Wouldn't know what time that was? It was at 3 o'clock. I think I found, found that odd that they highlighted that. And whenever I started thinking about it, why did they tell us that it was 3 p.m.? And why did they tell us it was the time of prayer? Well, that's because that was Peter and John's routine. It's 3 o'clock. It's time to go to the temple and pray. And so every day, they went to the temple at 3 o'clock. And every day, they, I don't know if they changed entrances a couple of times, but every day, they may have walked by this guy. Every day, walking up, seeing this guy. Luke 19 even says that Jesus, for the time that he was in Jerusalem, he was at the temple every day preaching. So there's just a good chance that Jesus knew this guy, that Jesus interacted with this guy. But in this story, he's still lame. It means Jesus didn't heal this guy. All right? Peter and John hadn't healed this guy until this day, until one day. That one day means it could have been any day. It could have been any day that they stopped. But this day, they stopped. That one day changed his life forever. Because he began to leap while his whole life he only knew how to beg. There are some people in our lives that are waiting for us to be intentional to turn their leaping and their leaning into leaping. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you to stop. I love uh, shout that verse one more time, TJ. I'm sorry. I should have said that before. I love that it says this, right? It says, now a man was lame from birth, was being carried uh, where he was put every day to beg those going into the temple. Next slide for me, TJ. It says, 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. So maybe that was the difference. Maybe that was the difference. Maybe they are just usually talking to each other, walking past this guy. But today, Peter stops, and he looks at him. And while we can say that he was saying, hey, look at us, we don't have any money, I think more along the lines that he was saying, hey, hey, because this guy's asking everybody for money, right? Hey, you don't have money? Hey, you got money? Hey, you got money? Hey, I got TP in my back seat. <laughs> Give it to you for $5, right? He's asking everybody, you, 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 you. And so Peter has to go, hey, 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 look at me, look at us. And then Peter does something intentional next. Go to the next slide for me, TJ. It says that, then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. That's not the important part to me. What the important part to me is taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. He helped him up. Some of us are praying for something to happen but we're not taking the steps for it to happen. What if Peter would have just said, rise and walk, and then walked off? The guy wouldn't have believed him. Some people in our work, some people in our life are seeing us saying, hey, Jesus loves you, rise up and walk, and then we're walking off. And they're going, how? Why? And we need to reach into their lives Grab them by the hand and help them up. Some of us are leaning. Some of us need that people, those people to reach out and grab our hands and lift us up. To go back to marriage, it can be hard to be intentional in your marriage. It can be. Mixing jobs and kids, all of a sudden you're throwing in a new time management scale, right? Parents, y'all know this. I don't know this yet. That's why I've chosen not to have kids. I like my time management right now, right? But then also comes more time requirements. And pretty soon you only have 10, 15 minutes to spend with each other. As long as Netflix doesn't steal it away. Mm, don't preach that, Pastor Jay. I like my Netflix. It's easy for marriage to become mundane. Some of us don't know how to grow with our husbands or our wives. We know how to grow ourselves. We know how to build up ourselves, but we don't know how to grow with each other. It means a lot. Oh, I, I skipped. Our lives become so busy with all of the real responsibilities that we end up forgetting to take the time to be intentional with each other. And that goes also outside of marriage to your friends, to your family. If we let the excuse of being busy keep us from being uh, intentional, I'll say that again because I messed it up. If we let the excuse of being busy keep us from being intentional, we open the door to someone else being in intentional without us or towards us. We open up that door. There is a, I didn't tell Lindsay that I was going to tell this story. I'm sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> uh -oh. 
I should have been intentional about that. <laughs> Lindsay's biggest love language is quality time. That's her. If you don't know the five love languages, quality time means uh, uninterrupted, uh, full attention towards time. Um, it doesn't have to be a long time. It just needs to be quality time. And uh, it means a lot to her for someone to uh, spend time with her and want to spend time with her. It means a lot. And uh, for about two years, I worked with Brian, and he made me travel all the time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I, wor I worked with Brian, and we were uh, sales reps for a manufacturing company, and we traveled uh, every other week. We were off. I had my territory was the eastern half of the United States. So every other week, I'm going to a new state. I'm driving throughout that state, and I'm coming back home. And this put a big strain on our marriage because Lindsay's time was quality time. Well, Lindsay's love language is quality time, and I'm gone half of the time. So whenever I come back, we, she was going to school at the time, and she was working nights at Starbucks. So the time that I was back, it was as if she was gone during that time. So we just, we were gone all the time, and we were too busy all the time. Well, she was at school with a bunch of people that thought she was awesome for the first time in her life. Lindsay has been kind of a wallflower. She had been um, kind of the odd man out, but it's just because she's super creative and imaginative and awesome, and people in high school don't understand that. And so when she goes to college and she gets around other creative, independent people, she starts going, oh, these are my people. I like hanging out with them. And she starts hanging out with all these, all these people, all these girls, all these guys. And those people want to hang out with Lindsay because they're friends. And then all of a sudden, she's surrounded by people that want to be around her, but she's married to someone that she never sees and is never with her. So the question is, it was a rough time for both of us during that time because I wasn't any help. I was tired all the time from traveling and stressed out at the job. And uh, so I wasn't any help. But we, it came to a point where uh, the question was this, posed, asked to each other, that if we could walk... I did this easier when I was typing. Anyway, uh, if, if we were to walk away from the marriage with no consequences or anything, would we? And that was a very real question in the moment because if we said yes, then we were going to walk away with no consequences and we were going to separate. And my reaction to that was no, it's not an option. It's not an option on the table. If we allow that to be an option on the table, then it might as well be done now. So it's not an option. So I had to start becoming intentional with how I treated Lindsay and how I spent time with Lindsay. I had to be intentional about those things. I had to think about those things. I had to start spending my time when I was at home with Lindsay. We had to rearrange our lives a little bit so that we could have that time. One of the best features 
about, um, and I have a messed up iPad, it's messing up my word. Uh, one of the best features about your phones, men, is that you can set a reminder to text your wife every day. You can do that. A little pro tip for you. It's under an app called Reminders. So it's not hard. You just go find reminders in your phone. Put in add reminder. Click. Put in your call your wife and tell her that you love her. That can go a long way. Because even with someone who is quality time, she knows that I'm thinking about her. Am I great at this? No. Do I ignore my reminders sometimes? Yes. Should I be intentional about doing it anyway? Yes. Because it will go so much further. When we are intentional about our relationships, it goes so much further. Um, if everyone at your job hates Mondays, do my suggestion of earlier, getting up early, going to the donut shop, bringing in some donuts, and you're going to see Mondays all, all of a sudden become party day. What up? Kevin's here. What up? hey Give me the jelly, right? hey Or maybe for you guys, maybe you don't like bagels. I mean, maybe you don't like donuts. Maybe it's bagels you need to get. hey oh, you're my best friend all of a sudden if you bring me an everything bagel. What up? Cream cheese. What? hey Right? Go to Panera Bread. Pick up some bagels. Whatever it is. Maybe you're a juicer. Juice something then and bring it in, man. Be intentional about what you're doing at work. Maybe, hey, this is a great idea for right now. Grab a roll of toilet paper for each person in your work. And all of a sudden, your toilet paper in the office, what up? Right? That was me, like, fanning. Okay, y'all got it. Okay. Uh, if you have problems with your boss... Maybe do something, something intentional that makes their day easier. Maybe do some, maybe get them something as a bribe. Hey, by the way, I noticed that you like everything bagels. I saved you one, boss. You know, at least when you get fired, everybody's smiling. <laughs> hey, man, no problem. I understand. I do stink at my job. It's cool. Here's that bagel, by the way. And then maybe you'll get your pension. Yeah, hey, think about it. Okay, the third thing that we're going to talk about is see captive culture. I think I, I accidentally put it in the wrong order, TJ, uh, those pictures. So you're just going to follow me a little bit. See uh, equals captivate culture. If we are supposed to captivate culture, here's something that we can't do criticize culture, especially as Christians and especially on social media. Now, I'm probably about to offend people, so I'm giving you fair warning right now. This is the uh, disclaimer. Uh, if you're easily offended, please know that I love you, and please stay until my, the end of my point. If you stay until the end of the point, you'll understand why I offended you, okay? And if you're offended, I am talking directly to you. 
I'm not glossing over it. I'm not looking at somebody else saying, oh, I'm sorry if you're offended. I am sorry that you're offended, but I am talking to you. Okay? So let's just get that out in the open. Uh, luckily, I have the one stone in our church. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see who's getting stoned today. Um, we are going to talk briefly about something that happened recently. And uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> now, I had a graphic that might have offended people. I'll explain it to you. Maybe it'll be less offensive. It was a picture of the two ladies with the black bars saying, uh, avert your eyes, children. That's what it said. So hopefully you're not offended by that. But uh, now a lot of Christians got, um, got mad at a pair of 50-year-olds who were good-looking ladies and uh, that were doing something that were doing something that made them famous to begin with. That they've been doing since they were 18, 16, right? And no one was up in arms. Well, that kind of. Some people were. My mom was up in arms when they were 16 and 18. Um, my mom was one of those people that when we would walk next to Hooters, I love you, mom. When we would walk, there is a Hooters in San Antonio Mall. Y'all remember that? Anybody? Okay, anyway, there's a Hooters. I remember this because of this moment. I wouldn't have remembered this. But there's a Hooters in San Antonio Mall. And my mom, being the great Christian lady that she is, an awesome, strong lady, <laughs> she <laughs> would walk by Hooters and say, I curse you, Hooters! You are of the devil! In Jesus' name, I, I curse your business. And me and my brother are already miles down the, down the walkway. We knew where Hooters was in that mall. Because all of a sudden, we would, boom, we were gone. Like Speedy Gonzalez. We were out of there. right? And we could hear, Hooters. So... Uh, so, uh, now a lot, of, a lot of Christians got mad. For some reason, we had an expectation on a non-believing organization that had this entertainment. So my question is, what exactly did we expect? What did we expect from them? They are a professed, unbiased, non-Christian organization. We could have changed the channel for 10 minutes. We could have spent the time talking with our families or friends about the importance of working out and keeping it tight. <laughs> we could have. We could have done that. But instead, we decided, and I say we as a Christian world, we decided to pull out our sand and just scatter it on everybody that thought it was cool. Uh, one, I didn't even see it. I didn't, I didn't watch. I was not interested in the Super Bowl at all this year. And I showed up at third quarter at a place. And I had a very dear friend who loved 
the halftime show, and some people were hating. So I got on, and they said they didn't like this. Uh, they didn't like the halftime show at all, not one bit. And so I got on there. And I said, "Hey, I don't like your comment at all. Not one bit. <laughs> I don't like it. Sand just everywhere." Now we're going to talk about another wonderful thing that the Christians decided to point out, us Christians. Uh, TJ, can you show us the uh, cup picture, please? Okay. So this was a couple years ago, for those of you on the live feed. This picture is of a red Starbucks cup. How many of y'all remember the red Starbucks cup debacle? Right? Show me the next slide, TJ. This was a headline from that debacle. Starbucks removed Christmas from their cups because they hate Jesus. Christian says in viral Facebook video, they removed Christmas because a non-believing, maybe atheist company, I don't know, a non-believing company removed Christmas because they hate Jesus. That's the worst assumption ever, right? And then next year, or you can get it off, uh, TJ. The next year, they didn't have red cups. And guess who were up in arms about no red cups then? The Christians! Because now they hate the blood. What is going on? Starbucks. Sand. Sand just spreading everywhere, all over social media. The reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm sorry if I offend you. I love you. I do. But before the pitchforks come out, let's take a look at what really happened. Let me ask you this question. If there is a non-believer watching your feed and you're criticizing culture like this, why would they want to be in your environment? Why would they want to be around you? Whether you disagreed or not, why would they want to be around you if you're promoting that? What if their weekends look worse than the halftime show? Does that mean that God doesn't love them? Nope. And I guarantee on those weekends, their red cups don't say Starbucks. They say Solo. And I bet money it doesn't hold coffee. <laughs> Most of the time, we don't think about the things, these things, so we end up criticizing it rather than captivating it. Why would people want to have, uh, why, would, why would people want uh, what we have to offer if we are criticizing organizations that don't have the same values or morals that we do? Why would people want the Jesus that we have if we are criticizing other Christians that said they like the performance or don't mind that the cups don't say, Jesus, don't say Christmas? Why would they want that? People are going to be drawn to you by how you love and not how you protest. If we criticize, our platforms start to become, uh, 
they start to criticize rather than captivate everybody around us. People are going to be drawn to you because you bring heaven into every room because heaven is inside of you. We need to live in such a way that people are jealous of what we have. I want people to be jealous of the God that I have so that they may not agree with my Jesus, but they cannot disagree with my love. They can't criticize me for, um, for, my, for hating on them because I am not using my platform to criticize people who don't know what I have to offer. They don't know me. Yeah, I, I, y'all, if y'all follow me and if y'all get updates about what I comment on or not, sometimes I get people's random like, oh, they commented on this. So I don't know if y'all follow my comments or not. But when politics are involved and someone says an, a different idea and someone else has a different idea on my comment, then, or if it's getting out of hand, I compliment both people. You know, I have someone who, I posted something about doctors and coronavirus and all this stuff. And someone put on there a, a contradiction to that. And I just said, hey, thank you. Thank you for your input. Thank you for your point of view, your perspective. I might not agree with that perspective, but thank you. Thank you for your saying today, you know? Thank you. My attitude, I've started actively trying to change my attitude towards people on social media so that their attitude will change as well. We need to live in such a way that people are jealous of us. People will only want Jesus if you're not criticizing their world, but instead captivating it with your love. Jesus didn't tell his disciples, I have one command for you. Condemn everyone that doesn't live like I told you to. That's not what it says. That's not what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? He said, I have one command for you. One more. That's it. One. Love each other as I have loved you. And then he defines love next to it. He says, no man has a greater love than one who lays down his life for his friend. Go love like that. By that people will know that you're my disciples. Not by the red cups, right? Where are my red cups? Eh, Jesus. People aren't going to get Jesus from that. You know what they're going to get? They're going to reject Jesus from that because they don't like that. In order to captivate culture, you have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Just like our helium balloon friend here. Remind yourself who you are when you wake up. Remind yourself that you're a child of God. If I can get uh, Elena back up here. Remind yourself that you're a child of God. That you're not an orphan that, that has to prove his worth or her worth. Your worth is already assigned by God. And it's so great that he chose to come down and die for you so that you could see his love. Nothing can dictate my attitude today because I'm going to declare it first. 
When you wake up, you got to encourage yourself. You got to set the tone. You got to set your attitude because you don't know what the day's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen during the day. You don't know what's going to come up and spring up and attack you. But your attitude is already in check. Your attitude is already positive. Your attitude's ready to take those on. It's not a Monday. It's a Monday. So get excited about it. It's not, oh, Sunday, the kids are being terrible as I'm getting them ready for church. I don't even know where their socks are. They only have one shoe. It's, oh, they got one shoe. Let's find the other one. Or who cares? Come on. We have, we have to be, we have to in, intentionally captivate the world. We need to reevaluate what we believe and why we believe it. We need to go about things differently because we only get one chance. Do not miss this chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. You better be intentional about how you're going to captivate the world. You got to be intentional. Because we can celebrate when we're leaping. But do we celebrate when we're leaning? The world is watching and waiting to be captivated by your love. When you're walking through hell on earth, that's the moments that will win them over the most. When they see the fires around you, they see the hard times. They see the moment that you have to lean on Peter. They see the moment that you have to lean on those people, but you're still celebrating. You're still saying, I'm walking. I'm standing. I'm a little wobbly, but I'm standing. Those are the times that they start going, why? Why are you standing? Those are the times that they're filled with wonder. Not out of wonder because they gave you money yesterday and now all of a sudden you're standing because you scammed them, but wondering, I've seen you every single day and you should not be happy. You should not be standing. You should not even be leaning, but you are. Why? Tell me why. I had a moment like that a couple days ago with one of my one of my new friends, a good friend, new friend. And he asked me, he said, why do you believe in Jesus if other religions also have creation stories, flood stories, and all this? And I said, because my relationship with God is not dependent on creation story, flood story, and all this. My relationship with God is based on the human being, Jesus Christ, or Jesus of Nazareth, that was Christ, who died for us, and witnesses saw him come back to life. And he said that he was God, and he came back to life. And even his own brother, who didn't believe that he was God, after he came back to life, became one of the most proclaimed followers of him 
to the point that he was thrown off of the top of the temple, survived, and prayed for the people who threw him off of the temple until finally they beat him to death with sticks. All because he believed in a brother that wasn't God? Absolutely not. He believed in a brother that came back and proved that he was God. That's what we're trying to captivate the world with. Can you captivate an audience while you're leaning? Can you? We got to stop being critical. We got to start loving without limits. We got to start giving of our time and our effort generously. We got to have a community around us that we can lean on when we need it. Bad days are a real thing. Bad days happen. But let the don't let the bad days define the weeks. Don't let the bad days define your attitude. We can start we can start shaping culture because at the end of the day, we are a part of the culture. And we have a new culture inside of us. We have to be willing, we have to be intentional to bring heaven to the people who don't know heaven. The Lord's Prayer is very famous and a lot of people hold on to its words for how to pray. And Jesus says, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, the Bible tells us that we are his arms and his feet. Then how is his will going to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Unless we are walking it out. If we are bringing heaven to people. If we are showing people the love of God. We are showing the people of no mourning, of no weeping, of, of nothing, of no gnashing of teeth. Right? If we're Christians and we're going, people are going to be like, whoa, what are you doing? And give me some of that energy drink. No, they're not going to be saying that. We have to love. We have to be intentional. Bow your heads. Father God, I thank you. I thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, God. I thank you so much for captivating us with your love, God. And I pray right now over every single one of our lives. If we're leaning, God, I pray that you encourage us. If we're leaning and we don't have anybody to hold on to, Father God, I pray that we we reach out and we talk to those around us so we can get that. We can get that encouragement. We can get that hold. And Lord God, as we lean and as maybe we struggle, God, I pray that we are able to celebrate. We're able to rejoice. We're able to sing hallelujah. We're able to sing it even if it's broken. We're able to say hallelujah. God, you reign. God, you're beautiful. You're awesome. 
and that we're also reaching out to people and saying, I love you. I love you exactly where you are. I love you despite what is going on in your life. I love you no matter what you're doing. I love you. And God loves you. And we're able to captivate our culture. We're able able to captivate our state. We're able to captivate our country. Not by the sides that we choose, but by the love that we show God. In Jesus' name, amen.